Hey, good morning, Paul. Morning, Tom. How you doing? Whew. Doing well. We are recording on a Friday morning today. It's early. It's early. I forced Tom to walk through the rain at six in the morning to get here on time. I didn't walk. I took an Uber. But it, I do think there's maybe something about a rainy, cold morning like this that puts me in the mindset of Marcus Aurelius on the on the battlefield or in the camps or whatever. It's a cool kind of contemplative morning, which yeah. I think is the right vibe. You fought your own battle be, this morning. Be, no, I just I called in and, in and out of the Uber. I called an Uber. It's, <laughs> you it was, battled. It was very straightforward. Okay, but yeah, I'm excited to be here and start reading chapter two, book yeah. two of the Meditations. Tom, it's been two weeks since we recorded book one. How has meditations impacted your life? I was thinking about that this morning before we recorded. I'm not going to pretend that reading the first chapter of the book really changed my life. But I have been thinking a little bit about stoicism and this philosophy and the extent to which I it's something new to me versus something that I already had in my bones that it's just bringing to light. And I think I realized that I have at least some, I think, already stoic tendencies in my own life that I maybe wouldn't have for sure put those words to before we read that book two weeks ago. So maybe that's how it's changed my life is I have some new vocabulary for labeling some habits that I already had. That's actually really funny that you phrase it the way. I think that's exactly the same impact reading the reading meditations has had on me so far, oh, really? which is that I have this fancy new word that I'm throwing around that everyone <laughs> okay. I meet and I'm constantly complimenting people in my life. Like, oh, that's so stoic of you. I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm using it wrong. Okay, um, yeah. Or it's very broad, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, the reactions I get aren't like all that joyful. People, <laughs> I don't know if people are all that complimented. Well, it might be confusing about that is I think that there's this English sense of the word stoic, ah, which is a little true. bit different than the sort of philosophical sense of the that's word true. stoic. That's true. And it's a... So I'm just calling people emotionless. It's neutral to, How emotionless to, to, to somewhat <laughs> negative to call a person stoic. Yeah. It's like it's old-fashioned manliness. Yeah. So... That's what I've been doing. Okay. <laughs> I would say when I said I have a new vocabulary, I didn't really actually mean the word stoic specifically being something that I'm using more for. For the record, I knew that word. Okay. But even before we started Red Book 1. So. Okay. Let it be known. Okay, good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yes, I guess I'm I, not surprised. I didn't use it as much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay. I felt I got on the defensive there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So one place where that kind of new vocabulary or did for me is I went through a breakup recently and I was thinking about what just evaluating my own reaction to that breakup. And I noticed that I have a tendency, and I think this has always been true, it's not a consequence of reading the chapters, to be very focused on what I could control and what I might have done differently. Mm. I think some people, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, but have a tendency after a breakup to have a lot of anger at another person or think about other external circumstances that cause stuff. And that is not my instinct. Yeah. I'm not, and that's not, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I, it might be bad. Yeah, it might be bad. I yeah. agree. But it felt a bit resonant with stoicism yeah. to me yeah. that it's obviously relationships are not exactly like a romantic relationship is not something where i'm guided by duty necessarily yeah. in the same way but that was just a part of my life where i was thinking a little bit about marcus Aurelius. yeah actually i think 
knowing you in real life, I, I do actually think you are extremely <laughs> stoic. Uh, like not just in the English definition, but in the yeah. philosophical definition. I think that's nice. And I think maybe some of the things that I know just personally that you're you want to potentially change about yourself are the things that are the other side of that sword of yeah. being overly stoic and not letting yourself be sad about this fact that there are things that you can't control and yeah. sorry, not to yeah, like no, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Uh my, I guess my reaction to that is, and I think you're I think I agree with you, and my perspective on it is I did try to be sad. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's some Marcus Aurelius's voice in my head that says, Nothing to be done about this. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. You know? So I guess that's something I'll be keeping an eye on as we move forward in the meditations is does he talk about that at all? Does he talk yeah. about how to balance the the need to feel the stuff that's happening to you, even if it's outside of your control, yeah. with the philosophy system. That's a good one. Wow. Well, yeah, imagine breaking up with Marcus. Just <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I think <laughs> he's never been broken up with. The history, though. Yeah, he just we... had 17 kids yeah, with his had... wife. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine that leaves much time to have a bunch of breakups and other relationships. <laughs> right. It would have been so unsatisfying. Marcus, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> And I just don't know if we're meant for each other. Imagine and, the quality of the book he could have written if his life had also contained some breakups. I know, yeah. Yeah, the guy has, yeah, his, yeah, that's right. He's got a pretty streamlined life. Yeah. And yet he has all this trouble maintaining, not trouble, but he, also, he puts all this energy in him into maintaining his emotional state. Yeah. We did get some details. I'm not remembering this precisely. Or the first chapter, though, about I think in his gratitude to the gods, he was one of the things he was grateful for was not losing his virginity too early and not oh, becoming a man too quickly, basically. Oh yeah, that's nice. Which, who knows? Maybe there were some right. young dalliances in Marcus Aurelius's life. Some, although he, he was from what his early teenage years, he was going to be the emperor. Yeah, exactly. Rome, so who's gonna who's flirt saying, with who's that? Who's saying or saying no to it? Or saying but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. I also much less meaningful, but I also had a, a downturn uh, events in in life, which where I also practiced stoicism and, and thought about it. The event was just it was just work performance related, and the and it was something where I had known. So I I am a founder at a startup, and we had a month. Our month was worse than we had projected, okay. so we didn't grow as much as we had projected. Yeah. The so the stoic part of it is that I had been preparing myself mentally for this moment for like years. Really? Yes, absolutely. That's what stoicism is, right? Or at least yeah. I don't know what stoicism, but what I think stoicism is just constantly reminding yourself that when you are growing that, well, think this might not continue, this too shall end. And and just being ready, like we had financial models for everything, for what would happen when the, with the downturn, all these things and the reason, and of course it happened. All yeah. of that was ready and it still hurt. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so you know, did that, given that you had been bracing for this moment for years and it hurt nevertheless, does that change your thinking about the value of the brace? <laughs> I guess it would have hurt more. Okay, boy. I simultaneously felt like when it happened, I felt like, oh, it's such old, oh, I'm so beyond this, who can't, I already had internalized it so deeply. Okay. Um. And probably if if I I think the alternative way to run a company which is not stoic is just I guess the hedonistic way to run a right, company. Right. Yeah. I, but let's grow again. Let's grow another twenty percent this month. Yeah. And then just I guess just dealing with it when you don't. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's not what we do. 
that sounds you know about this much better than I do but even the kind of restrained stoic version sounds very stressful to me I can't imagine the stress of just completely opening up your heart and saying I am unprepared for what's going to happen to my company four weeks from now yeah. let's just ride the ride that sounds potentially extremely stressful and painful so I can see yeah and you can you imagine being the emperor of Rome and having to defend your people that's that's probably why this guy needed yeah a real strong philosophy. <laughs> Interesting. So that sounds like a reminder that Stoicism can also be like only a small protection. Yeah. It's not some magic catch-all, oh, now I feel this negative thing can't touch me because I'm mentally prepared for it. It still hurts. Yeah. It's just a little bit better than it would have been. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It makes it sound like some pretty weak some, soup. Some weak soup. Yeah. Yeah, I also know startup founders who poop blood. I think on the spectrum, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay. That is some stoic perspective right there. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Oops, just okay. <laughs> accidentally did some philosophizing. Yeah, cool. Okay, right. shall we start book Let's two and see if, if Marcus can guide us at can all? Help us out, yeah. A little bit better. Okay. So book one was this sort of gratitude journal, 17 entries to the different the people and gods to whom he was thankful Book two is entitled On the River Gran Among the Quadi. Among. Among. But like the previous entry, it is a numbered list. In this case, it's a numbered list of paragraphs, roughly. It is, I, okay. We said this last time, but it seems to me that Marcus Aurelius basically invented the listicle format. <laughs> that all of his... Did, as far uh, as I can tell, he could have just done away with the numbering on these paragraphs and let them be yeah. an essay. But it's clickbait, is what it is. Yeah, he's he, just he's a, a clickbait a, whore, a real visionary. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, number one, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, "The people I deal with today will be meddling, yes, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. Yes, they are like this because they can't tell good from evil." <laughs> But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliness of evil and have recognized that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood or birth, but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together like feet, hands, and eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him, these are obstructions. Oh my goodness. We're jumping right into greatest hits. I didn't yeah. know if we would get this line until so much later. Yeah, this that, is a famous line. Even I know that. The first line of this oh. paragraph, yeah, is the, if you ask me to encapsulate what I knew <laughs> about this text before, that's what I would have roughly said this when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself that the people I deal with will be horrible, basically. Oh, I, such a good line. So to me, I'm curious if this is true for you, but to me, I really resonate with it. And I can explain why, but do resonate with it, Tom? Not really, if I'm being totally honest. I, if anything, this is the part that, about the philosophy that I knew a little bit about before that has always seemed totally wrong to me in my heart. Okay. I, I get it. And I think it's about not getting your hopes up too much or not counting on people too much, basically. Do you it have any like... toxic people in your life? Think of the most toxic person that you know. 
You don't have to name them. <laughs> I'm not going to name them. I guess I don't, that word toxic doesn't resonate with me a ton, but I think I have people in my life who are limited or... Thomas too stoic for this. Okay. <laughs> Lim yeah. Who <clears throat> can't always pull off the thing that they're trying to pull off and I might be kind of collateral damage at times with that. So sure. I don't... To me, toxic feels like a real sure, a sure. condemnation, but yes. So what the part of this that resonates with me is yeah. I'll give the sort of the more specific example here. You let's say in a professional work environment for my corporate cogs out there. Yeah. You have some coworker who is doing some kind of politics, right? They're politicking, they're land grabbing, they're doing this thing where they're they're trying to keep you, they're defending their turf and it's not actually business aligned and it's really frustrating to you. You go home, you like complain to your partner or whatever. Like that, that exists everywhere. And essentially what, you're, what Marcus here is saying is they don't know good and evil. They don't know, they haven't yet seen what happens to a company and the company's culture when people behave this way. They don't quite understand the full implications of their actions here. And the fact that even if they got promoted, great, you got promoted. Now your job sucks even more. Now you have people management issues and all these other issues. Like, like they don't know what's that. They don't understand. They're just limited in their ability to grasp the sort of the reasons. So they're doing this thing that in their mind seems reasonable and based on every, all data they have is reasonable. And so it's not their fault and it doesn't impact me. It doesn't mean that I'm, that's the second part. So I love how like focused on himself he is. He's, yeah. And that's not my fault basically. Yeah. I say that's beautiful. I, I think I arrive at a similar kind of conclusion in my life, but through a different channel a little bit to me this they don't know good from evil but i do is a very arrogant sounding perspective yeah. that, that i <laughs> these everyone around me is a dumb fuck and they are just right. blundering around and exposing us to all kinds of shit and that is what he's saying on symbol does he say everyone by the way is that the i mean that that sentence starts with the people i deal with today will be meddling the people i deal. okay yeah that's that that is a lot okay yeah yeah uh, and then they are like this because they can't tell good from evil it seems to imply that okay deal with is I, yeah. a little bit vague so he's not necessarily saying everyone no. in the world i think that this is the reason we like he is the emperor <laughs> Yeah. So he literally has, his yes. problem is the defense of the empire. Their problem is up-leveling their station in life. Yeah. So there's just misaligned incentives. Yeah. The, I can come around to the sort of bit you're saying at the end about, it's a way of dealing with your anger and frustration with other people who are, yeah. who in theory you're on a team with, but actually the team doesn't work well because of the misaligned incentives. Yeah. Or whatever But else. the good and evil part is like a little the, bit much. Yeah. That feels like, <laughs> that to me is the wrong reason to do it. I think it, there's more, I'm more comfortable in a space of just like, they're people too, and yeah, in yeah. my heart, the thing I always want to do is try to understand them and where they're coming from and figure out how we can work together and that kind of thing. Well, that sounds, what you're saying sounds more correct, but maybe less useful on a battlefield. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know? think that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and maybe even less useful in a political workspace. Where you just have to keep grinding. Like, he has to... He, yeah, yeah, he, he has to get up tomorrow and do this again. Yeah, yeah, he can't just say, okay, people who have come to my court to ask for my ruling or whatever Different. let's really get yeah. to know each other and circle <laughs> yeah. back in six months once yeah. we're a better functioning team and yeah, make yeah, a decision yeah. then yeah. yeah that all makes sense to me i guess it's maybe a mark of the privilege in my life or something that i haven't really encountered situations where that was really a necessity and so i can just be the soft touchy feely hey let's just all be nice to each other guy. yeah but me too. this is how i 
that is how I respond to this paragraph is. I can see that, yeah. This guy is mean, and maybe he has to be because he has to make these really hard. Absolutely, he does, yeah. Decisions. Well, does it, does it, I get a reaction or I get a sort of sense that this paragraph excites you a little bit. This is, yes. is that fair? I, I love this. Imagine waking up every morning and just repeating that mantra to yourself. First of all, I do think there's a part of me that's being slightly facetious. I think it yeah. is, of course it's extreme. Yeah. But I like it because I can relate to some of it. And then I also like it because I just, it opens up a world into how shitty Marcus's life is. That's my reaction to it too. <laughs> and I guess I have, yeah, it's similar, which is that it seems like his life sucks. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that doesn't make me laugh. It makes me feel bad for the guy. It just- well, he's fine. He's dead. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But I could still feel bad for somebody who's writing about their life in a book who then died. Yeah. Yeah. He got to write a book at least. He, he... Yeah. I'm I, sure he got some enjoyment out of writing this down. This was probably the best part of his day. This yeah. has to be the best part of his day. You can you imagine even this he hates he's then I have to go write my uh, stupid yeah. journal. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. No, I think he probably loved it. I would imagine that this kind of reflective contemplative time for him was like the best part. The but only maybe, part of his day yeah, that he liked. Certainly he just, the, the, just, the Yeah. The have kid. another kid with my wife. <laughs> kid number seventeen. People stab me in the back. All right, finally I get some complaint some time these to idiots journal. Can tell good from evil. Yeah. 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 Okay. I guess I have one other thought about this, which is that Maybe it's important for me to remind myself that this is a book that Marcus is writing to himself. Because I think maybe part of my reaction to this paragraph mm. is that I think this advice is good advice for Marcus Aurelius. But and no for, one else, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, everyone remind yourself that everyone sucks. Oh, yeah. Is exactly the wrong advice for him to be giving to, for instance, the citizens of his empire who need to work together That's or, a good point. or, or yeah. whatever else. And they it, certainly need to listen to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, in general, this is my dewy-eyed, yeah. romantic heart or whatever, but mostly the world is short on people believing in the goodness of others, and our tendencies are to be selfish and small-minded and yeah. scared of each other. And this is a philosophy this, that tells you, hey, those impulses that tell, pe tell you that people are liars and bad, those are correct, and you should yeah. believe them, which to me feels utterly wrong. And that's a really good point, and I actually think that's one of the reasons why I get so excited reading Meditations early so far which is that most books are pretty much every other book you read is was written to be read like was written it was it's one of those things where what you say at a dinner party is different than what you say when you get home and hang up your hat and this is the get home and hang up your hat narrative yeah yeah not so to be i'm gonna get really political but you should you should get a vaccine you should vote there's of course you say that in public i'm not saying you right. don't say that in private yeah. but there is this there's an extra layer of like your job is to say that everyone should get a vaccine, should get the flu vaccine, and then whether or not you personally go do it is up to you. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. That helps me understand this paragraph or and maybe this text in general a little bit better, that part of the interest in this text is the fascination of how different the conclusions about how to live your life privately become when you're in this particular station that Marcus Aurelius is and how at odds they seem with what you would expect someone to publicly yeah. espouse. So it's about how insane yeah. warping and twisting the effect of power has become on Marcus Aurelius's life, that these are the correct conclusions for him, and yet they're totally at odds on some level with stuff yeah. that we would all intuitively 
think or expect people to say. Yeah, yeah. And like we we plebs dug up this journal of his, and now we all read it. He's what are you guys doing? Like he's yeah. turning around in his grave. Like you can't do, you can't think this way. What's right. My fear is that a yeah. bunch of us idiots who can't tell good from evil read the text and then we're like aha i will live like Mar <laughs> I'm marcus aurelius right. and it's totally we just lose all the context that's of right. no i'm writing this down specifically <laughs> because in the specific situation of my life yeah this was correct but not i think i can tell good from evil tom <laughs> yeah, you don't exactly. think you can tell good from evil? Well, yes the book is written in such a way that it's we all put ourselves in the shoes of marcus aurelius and yeah. assume everyone else is an idiot i for sure can yeah okay <laughs> Okay. Number two, whatever this is that I am, it is flesh and a little spirit and an intelligence. Throw away your books. Stop letting yourself be distracted. That is not allowed. Instead, as if you were dying right now, despise your flesh. A mess of blood, pieces of bone, a woven tangle of nerves, veins, arteries. Consider what the spirit is. Air, and never the same air, but vomited out and gulped in again every instant. Finally, the intelligence. Think of it this way. You are an old man. Stop allowing your mind to be a slave, to be jerked about by selfish impulses, to kick against fate and the present, and to mistrust the future. Holy cow. He <laughs> yeah. must have had a bad day. <laughs> or what? how do you interpret this? I think this is it's an extension of the same thing of don't... Don't trust anything. Like, hmm. this body you have, you're not going to have it forever. Quit. If you love your body, then you're going to lose it later and, or you're going to rely on it. If you I see. rely on your intelligence, that sucks too because that will go as well. It's all just temporary figments. So keep them all at a distance because they're all going to betray you eventually. That last bit about your intelligence betraying you, that's very, like... 21st century psychology stuff where like we, we are now coming around to realizing just how screwed up our conscious mind is and how it just doesn't like the thoughts we have are completely they're just like not the not logically the thoughts that you would want to have you can't control the thoughts you have yep so that's wow he's really like ahead of himself here yeah yeah he's certainly recognizing that the mind is a servant of its subconscious or its impulses or yeah. or whatever this is by contrast to bullet point number one, this seems like very hard advice to follow. Like bullet point number one is hard enough for me to follow where yeah. I wake up in the morning and say, don't trust anyone. Number two, hate your body and your spirit and your intelligence. Throw away your books. Don't rely on any of it. it seems like I'm not quite sure. That's true. It seems like a recipe how, to have a how, shady life. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how to integrate this into yeah. my day-to-day -day experience. How? Okay, so you got to integrate it, Tom. What are you going to do? I think... Okay, so the probably lame 21st century version of it is to express gratitude for the things that you do have for now. When he says, you are an old man already. Sure. So, in other words, your youthfulness, whatever luck you have with your body and your intelligence, is all a temporary gift that has been bestowed upon you. And so savor that, but don't expect it to last forever. Yeah, that that's, I guess, the closest I could come. That is obviously a very, like, teddy bear approach to what he's saying, which is that you're a bag of blood and skin and a much more sort of violent vision. of. But I think that's as close as I can get. That makes sense. I have nothing clever, so let's move on. Okay. 
Three, what is divine is full of providence. Even chance is not divorced from nature and the, from the inweaving and enfolding of things governed by providence. Everything proceeds from it. And then there is necessity and the needs of the whole world of which you are a part. Whatever the nature of the whole does and whatever serves to maintain it is good for every part of nature. The world is maintained by change in the elements and in the things they compose. That should be enough for you, treated as an axiom. Discard your thirst for books so that you won't die in bitterness, but in cheerfulness and truth, grateful to the gods from the bottom of your heart. What's his vendetta against books? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> what I, does he have against books? <laughs> I've, I'm also struck by he's now in three bullet points twice said to throw away all your books. What's wrong with books? I think that he is saying here, he's using books to represent like a desire to escape our bodies and our sort of mortal whatever and he's saying in this bullet point that we are all just cogs in this big com complex ever-changing world I and that books are about trying to analyze and escape. remove our ourselves i, from I guess nature. the roman world was really boring so books were like video games there was like you could just lock yourself in your mom's basement and just read books it's a way to, just... it's a way to retreat from the world especially yeah. maybe for marcus specifically right. who we think He's obviously a well-read guy and probably really just wants to go to his mom's basement and, yeah, read, and books. read a bunch of books. But I think there's that, that they were a form of entertainment, but also that they represented a form of analytical thought about the world. Sure. Sure. So don't don't get too comfortable thinking the world is logical. Yeah. And you can explain it. And I, there was this thing that he kept repeating that we discussed in the last episode. In the first book, he kept talking about sort of, I forget exactly the language he used, but something about living alongside nature or living in accordance, in accordance with nature. To, yeah. I think that is what is going on here, too, that mm -hmm. books and philosophizing are about distancing humans from nature or whatever. And he's saying that's the wrong impulse. Sure. That just be grateful that the gods let you be a part of this crazy machine. He's a wet towel, isn't he? Yeah, he <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not that bad to just enjoy a good book every once in a while. And he's just, he just won't just, there's a world in which he just, okay, his day isn't that great. He does his nine to five and then he goes after his shift ends, he can go read a nice book. But <laughs> yeah, that is clearly not the guy we are not Marcus. With. He is far hundred thousand times too intense for that. He, yeah. It all has to throw it out. It all throw has to all work the books. together. It all has to, yeah, cohere philosophically. And that means, yeah do away with your books and live in accordance with, with oh. nature. Yeah, again, this one is, on some level, this one appeals to me more, I think, than the previous one mm. about just sort of... Yes, Dr. Tom. Being grateful that you are, you get to experience the world is like a, I think that underpins a lot of religious ideas too, that like life is a gift and that there's a lot of stuff outside of your control, but mm. look at this amazing world you get to live in for a little while. Sure. Isn't, that's pretty great. Yeah, throw out your books so that you can enjoy that world. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think books are representing some sort of trying to become immortal or become, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. become all-knowing. Quit it. Just be a human being. Very Taoist. Yeah. He is, I think I agree with your point, though, that he's coming across as a more negative-feeling guy. That this chapter Which has, just sounds boring. This like, chapter has more intense negative energy. I kind of want to shake him a little bit and be like, come on, dude, go and go read a book. Go knock yourself out. Read a book. Yeah. There's so much gratitude in the previous chapter, yeah. obviously, but this one feels very, very little gratitude yeah. going on here. Maybe we needed that first chapter to make the rest of this yeah. go down a little bit. Yeah. 
This goes back to the, this is the counterweight. We're reading the counterweight, and we don't know what's on the other side of the scale. Yeah, yeah, I think that is a probably going to be a continuing theme here. So, yeah, let's try to give Marcus Aurelius a little grace and yeah. benefit of the doubt yeah. here. Number four. Remember how long you've been putting this off, how many extensions the gods gave you and you didn't use them. At some point, you have to recognize what world it is that you belong to what power rules it, and from what source you spring. That there is a limit to the time assigned you, and if you don't use it to free yourself, it will be gone and will never return. Free yourself? Free yourself. Yeah, I have the same What is reaction. he, a monk? I, I guess he is. Nirvana? What, what are we talking about here? I really am baffled by that last clause. I don't know what he means by free himself, because... Free himself from the books. It's still about books. Or the analysis or whatever, or the rationalization. Okay, but I would think that even... Let's say you do put those things away. Uh It's still true that you've only been granted a certain period of time from the gods going to go away and it will be gone and never return, even if you do that. I'm not sure what what he means by... Repeat that last line then? Yeah. There is a limit to the time assigned to you, and if you don't use it to free yourself, it will be gone and never return. Seems to be true regardless. So he believes in eternal life if he can just free himself. Yeah. Boy, that this does feel different to me from even the previous bullet points. Yeah. Everything up to that last sentence was making total sense to me about you are granted temporary time here. And so, you know, factor that in. Remember that, that you are essentially on borrowed time all the time. Yeah. Um, so I can't – so this stuff does – it does – these things sound like truisms to me. I, I think it's very common to hear, oh, think about your mortality and how yeah, you're going to die Yeah, treat soon. every day as if treat it was every day as a blessing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you actually do that, Tom? No. And I think wake up every morning and say, oh, today is my last day on earth. People give that as advice about living in the present or mindfully or whatever. But no, I, practically speaking, of course not. No. Let's I, try it. This week. I don't. Okay. I do think I have an instinct to, on a broader time scale, look at my life and say, down the road when I look back on this period of my life, what will I think about it? Which is sort of a version of the same instinct. And I think there's a tendency in maybe especially in modern human life to be very focused on what's going to happen next and whatever thing that you're working towards, if it's a promotion at work or the next chapter of your life or whatever. And that is dangerous. It leads to that end of the feeling life of, oh, I chase these things my whole life and even though I got them, they never made me happy. It's good, I think, to sit back and reflect and say, hey, you know what? Things are pretty good. I don't have everything, but periodically checking in and saying, hey, how are things? Are they pretty good or not so much? That's my closest version of this thing, I guess. I I definitely don't do it every day in a day-to-day kind of way because that seems just totally... But if you're really going to live every day as if it was your last... Basically, when I do go to work? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you wouldn't go to work. That would end quickly. Yeah. That's right. So I think I do many versions of this where I give Pasta my wife like a big hug or I like text my mom. You're right. If it was actually my last day on Earth, I would (laughs) go to work and I would hug them for 10 times as long. Yeah. And yeah. empty your bank account. Empty, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eat some ice cream. Yeah. But it's I don't. It's not practical. Yeah. That's true. But, I, okay, but I think you've identified something there. That you can treat the important people in your life as if that were true on a day-to-day basis, even if you don't do all the other stuff. Yeah. And that is probably a good, healthy reminder of 
not taking the people in your life for granted. Yeah. I feel like when I'm doing that, they don't know why. They don't know why I'm hugging them so hard. But I'm just like, it's like a big, passionate hug because I'm like, man, how do they? We could be dead tomorrow, and we would have lived a good life. I'm pretty happy with where we're at. How do they respond? I can also imagine being scared if your husband is all of a That's sudden true, giving yeah. you a really big hug. Oh, is he gonna go do something horrible or something? Or has, <laughs> Rob he, just, a bank? <laughs> has he just gotten really bad news and therefore yeah, needs yeah. to? No, I don't think I don't tell them what's going on. Okay. Interesting. I keep it to myself. Okay. Keep play my cards close to the chest. <laughs> okay, yeah, good to do that with your <laughs> wife and mom. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number five. Concentrate every minute like a Roman, like a man, on doing what's in front of you with precise and genuine seriousness, tenderly, willingly, with justice and on freeing yourself from all other distractions. Yes, you can, if you do everything as if it were the last thing you were doing in your life, and stop being aimless, stop letting your emotions override what your mind tells you, stop being hypocritical, self-centered, irritable. You see how few things you have to do to live a satisfying and reverent life? If you can manage this, that's all even the gods can ask of you. Okay, Marcus is really not... There's a couple things to unpack here, but I'll start with the fact that Marcus is not big on giving yourself permission, which I believe is the, like, psychology kind of phrasing. If you have a therapist, they'll talk a lot about, yeah. oh, you should give yourself permission to... You're just human, and you did your best. Like, he, he's like, if you don't control and do all these things correctly, if you don't act like a Roman, then then that's on you. Yeah, which is interesting, because the things you, yeah. he's listing are... Yeah, it's hard to always be that way. Yeah. But, okay, that was it's, one thought. It, I'll just react to that quickly to say that those last two sentences, I think you're right. He is saying he has very high expectations of how people's, mm -hmm. like, self-regulation of their behavior or whatever. Yeah. But then he says, you see how few things you have to do to live a satisfying and reverent life. If you can manage this, that's all even the gods can ask of you. That feels a little bit... How few things. Yeah. I see. He's now making the point that... It's this easy. is easy, actually. It's just this one thing, which is focusing on the thing that's in front of you. Well, that makes it feel even worse. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's like digging himself an even deeper yes. hole with it that one. It makes it clear just how unpleasant it would be to be around this guy yeah. all the time. Because, Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, either you don't live this way and he thinks you're a total piece of shit. No, he just thinks you don't understand evil and good. But yeah, fair yeah. enough. Total piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, or maybe you can and you're as miserable as he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the last sentence, too, is he is making the point that he says, if you could manage this, that's all even the gods can ask of you. It does feel like actually an acknowledgement in some level that it's hard. That yeah. So he's saying it's easy and it's hard at the same time. Yeah. Which seems, I think, correct and kind of part of the tension at the core of this philosophy a little bit. Yeah. That's true. The other funny thing that I noticed in that stanza was that so he's yeah you should behave like a man man yeah. box which we all growing up in our generation have this like a little bit of an allergic reaction to the phrase like yeah. a man be a yeah. man that was our parents generation yeah but then the way he defines being a man the first word he uses is tender yeah it's true which T is awesome tenderly willingly with justice tenderly yeah. Yeah. be a man be tender yeah i interpret yeah i that's a that's an interesting point i interpret that as he is drawing a distinction here not between men and women uh -huh. But between men and beasts, basically. Yeah, be a Rome man. Yeah, yeah. be a human yeah. with a heart that, sure. that cares about these things. Sure. Which is cool because I think stoicism often gets aligned with hypermasculinity, but 
maybe that's a misinterpretation. Maybe that's a post fact like yes. application of the man box. Yes, definitely. I think there is truth to that for sure. And I think that was true in the in book one as well. A lot of his almost everyone he thanked were men, but a lot of them were he was thanking them for things like teaching him tenderness right. or yeah, right. how to deal with how to treat your loved ones in a way that they deserve and that kind of thing. Yeah. So yes, I think there is I think you're right that there's a modern it's not bastardized exactly, but somehow this has translated into a, a more a gendered philosophy that it maybe wasn't as much yeah. at the outset. It's also interesting that he, the Emperor of Rome, is using just being a citizen of his vast empire, being a Roman. It's the epitome of how one should behave, which is like a huge compliment to his people right after he says, they're all dumb fucks. They're all dumb yeah. fucks. <laughs> and evil, yeah. It also sounds a cynical read is it's sort of propaganda, right? But he's a private journal. It's true, yeah. No, I think it's clear that he has some reverence for yeah a high concept of what Rome yeah. needs to. If he didn't, yeah. he probably wouldn't be very good at his job. But that's nice. I would want to yeah. know that, like the CEO of Disney, today I should behave like a real Dis Disney Imagineer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, like yeah. he believes so thoroughly in his own propaganda that he writes it in his private journal. That's yeah. fantastic. That's true. Yeah, I do. I suspect there's some sort of historical context being lost on. Like a Roman, because he also, That's true. I think, even in the first chapter, he also talks about he makes some distinctions between li living like a Roman and living like a Greek, possibly that I think mm -hmm. are maybe not totally translating. Oh, okay, fair enough for us, or like yeah. a barbarian or something. But yeah, I agree that concentrate every minute like a Roman is a nice thing to hear the emperor say, the emperor <laughs> of Rome say to himself exactly privately. Yeah, yeah. Number six. Yes, keep on degrading yourself, but soon your chance at dignity will be gone. Everyone gets one life. Yours is almost used up, and instead of treating yourself with respect, you have entrusted your own happiness to the souls of others. Wow. I think that first, okay, so the first sentence there, yes, keep on degrading yourself, soul. <laughs> it's comma soul at the end there. Yeah. I think that doesn't, that's something that is a little hard to parse with modern English, but he's actually just saying that our souls degrade over the course of our life and there's nothing oh, we... okay. He's not saying... He's, he's not encouraging... He's not, it's not an imperative instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul, degrade thyself. Yeah, yeah. It's you. Yes, I know you are degrading yourself. Yeah. Okay. This one makes sense. Soon your chance at dignity will be gone. That's... Wait, it's this whole free yourself thing. It's if you behave well, then that's dignity. And so don't miss your chance. Right? Yeah. I guess I think what I react to that is it's because my understanding of this philosophy is very sort of process oriented, that it's about correctly approaching the things that you are handed in life, that the idea that you have a chance at dignity in this is what implies that it's off in the future to me. Seems mm. strange because it seems to me like dignity is something you have continuously oh, do this process of yeah. living stoically. But this frames it as there's a goal at the end, which is dignity. No, Marcus is not big loving oneself just because. <laughs> like, he has very conditional love for himself. Yeah. yeah. But this feels like even when he's doing well, he still doesn't feel like he's even to earn dignity. Yeah. The dignity is still just a future goal, which seems... 
Yeah, it's just insanely harsh to me. <laughs> recipe for, for, yeah. uh, for yeah. a really I, yeah. it doesn't, wet towel. Yeah, it doesn't feel... Denying himself the feeling of dignity feels like a bit over the top to me, I guess. It's, he could look at his life and say, okay, if I adhere to this philosophy, I will be dignified even if I'm not the other yeah, stuff I, I'd like to be. He just ordered a march into the quasi territory and lost and some commanders lost their lives or whatever and that's his fault and maybe there's like this overhanging guilt all the time he i don't know like maybe that's what's going on maybe that's what yeah. this counterweight is for yeah okay so it's self-flagellation a little bit He's yeah saying, yeah okay like he, you're blowing it right now marcus you're blowing but, it marcus but okay yeah. and, Good and by the way lives. Yeah, your window for redeeming yourself is closing fast, so get your shit together. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Seven. Do external things distract you? Then make time for yourself to learn something worthwhile. Stop letting yourself be pulled in all directions. But make sure you guard against the other kind of confusion. People who labor all their lives but have no purpose to direct every thought and impulse toward are wasting their time even when they're hard at work. Another hard thing to follow. Very hard to follow. This one sounds, if you put this on like a Scientology brochure, <laughs> I would believe it. It's, 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 it's leading with the question, do external things distract you? Sounds Yeah, like, it's like a bad advertisement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying it's like a to, billboard ad. They're trying to suck you into, yeah. yeah, get your personality tested or whatever in it as a way of, yeah, selling you some horrible. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, oh, that's me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that why is he that's such a weird way to f phrase a personal journal <laughs> yes i agree that is part <laughs> of the, you? <laughs> the confounding mystery of this book is who are who is talking to whom exactly is yeah. it confusing and seems inconsistent potentially but i think it's what he's doing is he's writing a sort of dialogue to with himself. himself yeah exactly so he's saying self are external things distracting you and he says yes, yes of course they are, which is why i'm writing so what should i do make time to learn something worthwhile and stop letting yourself be pulled in all directions. This bit about learn something worthwhile feels very at odds with throw away all your books. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Yeah, that's true. What do you think he means by learn something worthwhile? Learn something <laughs> worthwhile. Yeah, it's such a weird... It does sound go read a book. What do you think? It, I have that reaction as well. Maybe the sort of other explanation I could come up with is the something worthwhile he's learning is this philosophy, yeah. basically. And yeah. learn how to focus your energy and just quit being pulled in every direction and distracted by external things. Yeah. The bit he make the point he makes about people who labor all their lives but have no purpose to direct every thought and impulse toward are wasting their time even when hard at work seems He's got someone in mind. Oh, you think so? What were well, you going to well, say? My reaction is that feels like a very modern question, too, I sure. would say. It's a criticism of, like, liberal society from more conservative factions that, like, secular liberal society is essentially this. It's no all, purpose, work, all yeah. work towards no purpose, which, phrased correctly, I have some tendency to some inclination to agree with but not wholeheartedly yeah but yes this is a way in which he's, he strikes me as a modern conservative sure yeah he's like um, a, he's like the old grandpa telling kids to stay yeah. off his yard and yeah yeah and that if every decision you make in your life isn't guided by some sort of underlying philosophy then you're just an idiot who's just like bumping mm -hmm. around mostly respond to this 
negatively. I think he's being an asshole and people who think this way mostly are... Yeah, it's weirdly judgmental. Exactly. They're yeah. being very judgmental and they also tend to be people who have arrived at some philosophy in their life that they think is absolutely correct mm -hmm. and they lose a sort of reflective tendency of, wait a minute, am I being a dick? Yeah. So you, this puts some distance between me and Marcus. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah? I'm not really on the same. Less of a fan of Marky? I, I, he already feels like not a guy I want to hang out with in particular. Well, certainly not a guy I want to hang out with, but maybe yeah. the guy I want to be the emperor. Yeah, I, yes. That I don't disagree with necessarily. But this, I guess, just reinforces yeah. that I think he's probably a jerk. Yeah, that's fair. The other interesting thing to note is, I guess if I was keeping this journal, I would write just very specific things about, I shouldn't have ordered that march, and I, should have, I shouldn't have had that decree where all the soldiers needed to wear sandals because then we had all these other issues. Like, I would have been way more specific, and he's keeping it all at such a high level. Is it, why does he, or are these like selected parts of a journal? We'll never know. We're not going to actually fact check this, but yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Yeah, why does he choose to generalize? so much one way of looking at it is that is like what the act of reflection for him is it's it's he it, this isn't a diary it's not just here's yeah. what i did wrong it's like extracting lessons from the things that have gone on which and those are necessarily somewhat abstract yeah because he that's what makes them good lessons but yes it is interesting how much for instance the text the name of this book is on the river, on the river right. grand. We haven't heard Almost, about No <laughs> idea what any of that means. It seems to have absolutely nothing to do as far as we can tell. Yep. Other, I, mean, we, I guess we have a vague sense that these lessons were learned there. Fighting some German barbarians, yeah. But, but yeah. what that has to do with what we're going to hear is just... It's just, total, I was here when I wrote a, this a very total, generic philosophical text. A yeah. total mystery. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're going to wrap it up there today. Marcus has a lot to say, and we have a lot to say, maybe more than we expected about what Marcus has to say. Yeah. So we are going to break this book into some pieces, I think, which is great because he has actually written in such a way that it is very easy to break things into pieces. Yeah. We'll just pick up on number eight yeah. when we return with the second part of Meditations Book Two. Anything you want to add or reflect on with this, the first seven bullet points of book two before we wrap up here i love it i you're so excited i'm yeah. so excited by him and i just really i'm really enjoying this podcast thank you tom me too yeah i'm hoping i'm getting the reaction that i maybe expected to have originally which is he's more of a wet towel in this one i was really charmed by his gratitude yeah. in the first chapter and now maybe things are going as well in his life that we can't see but this seems more like the dour guy i thought he was going to be yeah so. no i'm still on team marcus i think he's a good bloke so <laughs> okay, i we, that can be a tension between us tom i think there's plenty of tension for us to keep exploring both the yeah. sort of internal tension of this philosophy and our own reactions to 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 marcus's writing here so yeah. i think we'll do some more exploring of that in part two of book two next time Bye bye bye